It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you've chosen to join us this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. We're taking your calls and your questions. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Put that number in your contacts, in your phone book, uh, and add a texting line. We have a dedicated texting only line. If you're in a safe place to text us, you can use that uh, to send a question, a prayer request during the show. Sometimes we're able to get to them and sometimes we're not. We use the texting to to fill in the blanks sometimes. If we're waiting for calls to come in, uh, we'll go to the texting line or filling in time. Uh, And sometimes we can get to a lot of texts and at other times we are not able. But put this number in your contacts as well. It's for texting only. 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. And the numbers work all around the country. Uh, you're listening to Calvary Live on both the Grace FM radio network in Wyoming and Colorado and on the Grace FM app, which is free. Just go to any whatever phone you use, whatever operating system you use, just go to the App Store and the Android store or whatever, and then Kindle and search Calvary Aurora, and you'll get both of our free apps. Additionally, Calvary Live is now heard on the Hope FM radio network uh, on stations in Maryland, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Uh, So we are welcoming you. I think this is the second or the third week that you guys from Hope FM are joining us, and we are taking your calls as well. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. While we're waiting for our first call, as I see the phone lines are starting to light up, uh, or the calls are starting to be processed, I should say, I'm going to read to you today's devotional from Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon is writing in this particular devotion. It's called Beside Still Waters. Uh, It is a devotional for those uh, struggling and wrestling uh, with um, life. Uh, The title page is Beside Still Waters, Words of Comfort for the Soul. Uh, So I want to read to you today's entry. And by the way, we are testing a new piece of technology today, uh, and we hope it's working great. We hope that it will work for us in the future. Uh, We're very excited to have found this uh, piece of software. So if anything goes awry today, would you please be patient with us? Pray for us as we're testing new things and looking forward to enhancing uh, the opportunities with Grace FM uh, in the future and with Calvary Live. So testing a new piece of technology today, and we're hoping it works really well. Here's today's devotion. Speak, Lord. 1 Samuel Chapter 3, verse 9 says, Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down, 
in his place. Here's the Devo quote. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. You may not know which of the two opportunities to choose. Some friends has urged you to follow one plan, and some have urged you to follow the other. If you've used your best judgment and have endeavored to direct your steps according to the word of God, you will receive an answer. God will give you distinct guidance. Take your difficulty to the God of wisdom and spread your situation before him. Divest your own will and solemnly desire to know God's will. Then expect by some means or other, for God has different ways of doing it, to have an answer from the Most High. Make this your prayer. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. In our daily lives, we need to acknowledge God fully. We need to acknowledge Him in the common transactions of daily living. If we do not, we may, like the Israelites with the Gibeonites, be betrayed in the simplest transaction and deceived to our lasting injury. Domine dirige nos, Lord direct us, is a good motto, not only for the city of London, but also for the citizens of heaven. This is my advice. Take your difficulty to God in prayer and say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Do not ask God to confirm your opinion, but ask him to make your opinion conform to his truth. Follow this simple word of God as you find it. Let the Holy Spirit flow on the sacred page, and as you read, you'll hear the Master say, This is my word. He will make it come to your soul with power, and you will have no doubt when your heart cries, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to get right to the phone lines and we're going to pick up in line number one is Lon from Castle Rock. Lon, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, glad to talk to you, Pastor Ed. What can I do for you, brother? Well, uh, in Luke 21, verse 25, uh, Jesus talks about looking up to the sky for signs. And there's a number of prophecy uh, doomsday preachers saying that the uh, tribulation is going to begin on September 23rd because the star models uh, seem to indicate that Virgo will be giving birth to Jupiter, uh, which, which they say matches very closely with Revelations 12.1 saying a great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon at her, under her feet, and a crown of seven stars. She was pregnant and cried out in pain, about to give birth. It goes on. Yes. So I was interested in what your take would be on that. Well, I, I dismiss um, in its entirety what that uh, doomsday group of people are saying in order to, to pin a date or a starting point on something uh, based on, on the stars. Um, let's think about it for a second. The Bible has a lot to say about the heavens. Um, God created the heavens. He placed things in order. According to Psalm 8, Psalm 19, the heavens are God's handiwork. He's numbered and named the stars. According to Psalm 147, uh, he's also, the, the Bible interestingly refers to arrangement of stars in recognizable groups, what we call today constellations. Um, mentioned in the Bible, or Orion, the bear, uh, which is also commonly known as Ursa Major, and um, and even uh, the crooked serpent um, mentioned in Job and Amos. Uh, and so certainly God has 
has created the heavens and he's a, he's a, aligned the heavens and we're to look up oftentimes according to the scriptures our redemption draws near um, but the idea of interpreting the stars in order to come to some specific date I mean God even used a star to lead uh, the wise men to to Jesus um, but he isn't using the stars today to communicate specific dates to us uh, he would be using his word that's revealed which is the highest level the Bible says that God even he honors his name even above his uh, his word even above his name um, I shy away from that kind of stuff I don't think I don't think a lot of time should be spent on it. I mean, if people want to spend their times looking at things like that, that's one thing. If they want to create a Bible teaching out of it uh, that seems to get people all excited uh, at the, the arrangement of the stars, I, I just don't accept it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. 303-690-3000. Um, you know, there's, a, there's also a secondary question that goes with something along these lines, and that is, what about astrology? Uh, and what does astrology have to do with the reality of God's movement on the earth today? But astrology is the interpretation of the stars um, with the unbiblical notion that the stars have influence on human destiny. And it's simply not true. Remember in Daniel's court, there were the royal astrologers and the royal astrologers were put up against the knowledge of God that was in Daniel, the ability for Daniel to speak the truth. Uh, and astrology is not from the Lord and it doesn't speak for the Lord. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live. We're also using a brand new piece of technology, uh, hoping it works really well for us and for you. So if anything happens during today's broadcast, we will flip a few switches and be right back. Uh, but we're using something very excited about it. Uh, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. We're going to go right on to line number two is Debbie from Denver. Debbie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Um, I just wanted to follow up with you. I had spoken to you about a month and a half ago on your show. Okay. And uh, I had been recently diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis, and I was having a really tough time with... Uh, the diagnosis and, and what it meant. And I just wanted to call and let you know that um, since speaking with you and hearing some of the callers that called in afterwards, I've um, put everything in God's hands. And not that I don't believe that I'm going to be healed, but I've put it in his hands as his will is to be done. And if that means that uh, I am to be healed, then I will. And if not, then there's a plan that I'm not aware of that. Uh, God has for my life, and I just wanted to call and tell you thank mm. you so much that uh, uh, us speaking that day made such a tremendous difference in my life. You're very welcome. I'm, I think that you have reached a significant turning point in your life of faith uh, as your faith has been challenged and your faith is in a very real way uh, with a medical challenge and, a, and, and watching the, the changes in your body, and, and, and it's an amazing testimony as you turn your attention toward the Lord, your, your your body's changing, but so is your faith. And and that's a powerful thing. And and know that even in this new season of faith and strength, there, there, there are still going to be these spiritual attacks. There's still going to be these, these doubts. 
um, because you're human. But even through that, you're going to become a stronger woman of God. And the, the trial in your life uh, is actually going to change you. Uh, the Bible promises that. So we're all encouraged. Thanks for sharing. I know people listening in are, are in that same journey with you. And that's very encouraging to hear. Absolutely. Thank you so much for all that you do. You're welcome. Thanks, Debbie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000, a great text question that we I see coming in uh, that I want to share with you while we're waiting for another phone call to come in. Where are my text questions? I just had them a minute ago. Uh, let me go to it. It is, good afternoon, Pastor. Can you please help me understand why in Genesis, Jacob is called Israel at times? And can you please pray for me and all who believe and trust in the Lord uh, to a Abide in him to love, serve, and be patient. What's a great question to follow up with Debbie's testimony. The first time uh, we are introduced to the name Israel is in Genesis chapter 32. Uh, it is from the time of Jacob wrestling with God. Uh, and it says, Jacob was left. This is Genesis 32 verse 24. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. And he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And this wrestling match with God, a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ, is uh, where we are introduced to Jacob's name being changed. Now remember, uh, in the Old Testament, in Hebrew culture, even to this day, names are significant. And they often reflect the character of the person that, that has the name. And Jacob's name reflected his true character. It means, Jacob literally means heel catcher. And it describes him grabbing Esau when they're being born and they're fighting to get out. And Esau gets out first and Jacob's trying to pull him back in, even as a baby. And he was named Jacob, a heel catcher. And, and the, the summary of Jacob's life is one of a conniver, a, a, a manipulator, someone that was taken advantage of. Of course, at times he met his match, like Laban. <laughs> Even though he did pull some things over on Laban, uh, he was also tricked by Laban because oftentimes manipulators uh, and game players, they think they're getting away with something. They think that they're, they're, they're making success. They think, well, you know, I'll never get caught and I'll, and I'll never, I'll be a betrayer and a manipulator the rest of my life until they find that they're so caught up on manipulating and betraying that they too become manipulated and betrayed, especially believers. I see this in the body of Christ far too much. And it's so discouraging uh, because the believers of all people on the planet earth are the ones that are to be connected to the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, trusting in him and representing him and walking in the spirit, not fulfilling the lust of our flesh. And Jacob, he was known uh, as a heel catcher, as a manipulator. And when he's referred to Jacob in the Old Testament, it's usually because he's manipulating. Uh, it usually is referring to his his unredeemed or his, what we would call in the Christian, you know, from a New Testament, a New Covenant point of view, 
what we would call um, the flesh. He's a fleshly manipulative person. Then he battles with God and God prevails. He touches his hip. hip. It, I know that the, the way that the text reads in the King James and the, old King, the New King James implies that Jacob was winning in some way, but Jacob wasn't winning. Uh, he, he wasn't prevailing in the sense that he was stronger than God. He just wouldn't quit. The idea is that he wouldn't quit. He wouldn't let go. He wouldn't give in. And, and God, Jesus, in pre-incarnate appearance, messes with his hip <laughs> and changes his name. And his name Israel, of, of all the different uh, definitions that are given for Israel, one is governed by God. Governed by God. And oftentimes you will see, uh, you will see that uh, whenever Jacob is referred to as Israel, he's a man following God. He's a man, and, and this is a great picture and a type of the new covenant change in a person where Paul describes us as new creations in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And Jacob, when he's referred to as Israel, um, is a reflection of being governed or he, he's being governed by God or being submitted unto God. You can check it out. Watch, read, read through the Old Testament again and look at the different uh, references. Jacob or Israel, Jacob or Israel. It's a great question. Let me pray for you as you requested as well. And I want to include Debbie because we didn't pray for her. Uh, praying for everyone that just trusts in the Lord. So God, I pray uh, for us. I, I come to you um, as a man seeking uh, your favor in our lives um, and asking for us to, to be able to, to trust in the Lord like this caller, like Debbie, like this texter, um, from up north, somewhere in 970, so somewhere up north in Colorado. Uh, and anyone listening in that just senses, you know, I need that prayer request. I, I, I want to grow in God's grace. I want, to, I want to learn to abide and to serve and to be patient in our walk. Lord, we commit ourselves to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. And we're going to pick up where we left off. And line number one is Pepe from Colorado Springs. Pepe, welcome to the program. Hi, good afternoon. Hi, you're on the air. I, I was just, I, I just want to ask, because about two, three weeks ago, I was driving and I heard, uh, I think it's either Dave Love or the one next to him, saying that uh, Moses... Uh, was talking to Jesus when he was in Mount Sinai talking to the bush, burning bush. Yes, yes. What's your question? Uh, where, where, where is it in the Bible that was Jesus that he was talking to? Right here in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock back to the uh, the flock to the back of the desert, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And verse two says, "And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire, from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see the great sight, why the bush does not burn." And so when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, uh, and he said, here I am. And so the 
phrase in verse 2, the angel of the Lord, is often a reference, as we just read earlier uh, with the wrestling episode of Jacob, of a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus uh, uh, existed eternally, the Son existed eternally, and we find him uh, appearing many times in the Old Testament uh, before he took on his physical human body in the womb of Mary. And that's where that particular pastor uh, got that teaching from. Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. God bless you. 303-690-3000. Now there's an interesting connection here because the angel of the Lord is mentioned in verse 2 and then it, in verse 4 it says when Yahweh uh, saw that he turned aside that God called to him. So a reference to the deity of the angel of the Lord. Uh, a deity, the, the reality of the, eternal, of the eternality and godhood of this pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. We have another text question I'd like to address quickly. Seems to be a quick one. And if you text me, guys, please do. It's 720-336-0897. Be in a safe place. Don't text and drive. Uh, but if you add your name and where you're from, that would be awesome. Because with, now that the Calvary Live is expanding, uh, we are wanting to let people know where folks are calling from. So if you, if you would just include that, because you'll know now the person that is... Um, processing your calls, asking what city you're from. And so if you're texting, give me a name and give me a city so that I can address it. That'd be great. Uh, the Bible, What does the Bible have to say about the mentally disabled and how they'll be judged by God? That is a great question uh, because while the Bible doesn't specifically speak to that question like in a verse that says uh, the mentally disabled will be judged this way, one of the ways that we answer that question is by the character and the nature of God. That's an important aspect. And the character and nature of God that includes justness, that includes righteousness, that includes knowing intimate details about a person. For example, in a, somebody that's mentally ill, someone that has a, a defect, a, a brain injury, or a traumatic brain injury where they're unable to animate themselves or they're unable to communicate on our level. But don't let that fool you. Don't let that fool you that someone that is mentally ill or someone that has a traumatic brain injury is, is not alive or is not, is not valuable before God because they don't communicate or they're unable to communicate or uh, they're unable to uh, articulate because of a broken brain. Um, and and so God can see behind the human stuff, right? He, he, this is where we are reminded that man looks on the outside, but God knows the heart. And y you look at the mentally disabled as we look at those that are children. Uh, and one of the principles that we learn in scripture is that God is fair and just. He is fair and and just. And we have indication that um, even when we look at a child, we had David uh, lose his baby and he was grieving and mourning. And, and when they came to him to talk to him about that, in his response, he said, look, I'm not, I, I can't bring my child back to me, but I'm going to go to him. 
die. And, and the implication of that was not just to the grave, like I'm going to go join him in the grave, because there's a different phrase that's being used. You know, people going to their fathers is usually the phrase that would be uh, uh, used to describe uh, just being buried. Um, but this was a phrase that David, inspired by the Holy Spirit and reserved for us in the scriptures, was expecting to go and be in eternity with his child, that David knew he would see his kid in heaven one day. And from that statement, we can we can come to the conclusion that babies and kids, by God's grace, are covered. They're judged according to what they know and their ability. Sometimes we refer to that as the age of accountability. We don't quite know what exactly in the age of accountability is, but accountability and knowledge is very important because God in his justness does not hold something against us uh, that we don't know. Um, and I believe that mentally handicapped people are covered by that principle as well. Um, I think knowing the love, the grace, and the mercy of God would be consistent with his character. And everything we we know, you know, we need to, to recognize that salvation is available through Jesus Christ and that God is faithful and fair. And, and I believe there's a special place, just like widows and orphans, you know how God identifies such a special place in his heart for widows and orphans? Um, I believe that God has a special place in his heart for those that are unable to articulate themselves, unable to communicate because of a mental defect, uh, because of the issue of sin in the world. That is a, such a great question. Thank you uh, for asking. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number... Let's see what is next. We're going to move on to line number two is Mercy, calling from right here in Aurora. Mercy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. How can I help you? I have a question on Exodus. Okay. Uh, how, like, God gave uh, instruction for Moses to build the tabernacle. Yes. So why is it, Why? what is the need for... Uh, such a specific measurement in detail of, you know, the type of the clothes and stuff. Well, I think that the Bible doesn't, so so the answer to that question is the Bible doesn't say uh, why the the numbers were as precise as they were. So we know that the outer court was about 75 feet by 150 feet long, and then it had a 50, a 15 foot by 45 foot structure toward the back and and we know that a lot of the I did the I did a Bible study in this in Exodus 27 uh, that that really went through all the typology of the materials that were made and how the tabernacle is pointing to Jesus Christ because remember in John uh, John says that Jesus came and he tabernacled among us but I, I couldn't find a real reliable, significance to the size other than uh, when God is precise, we need to follow his precise instructions. But I didn't really find anything that I could share that would say um, this is why this the, the length and the width and the depth is, that all, is has any spiritual significance. Okay. Thank you. And one other question, if it's okay. Um, um, if you, uh, we're, we're almost up on the break. If okay. you want to, if you want to wait on hold, I can wait. I can put you back on hold. Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll put you back on hold, and then uh, we're coming up to the first half of 
our program going on break. Thanks for joining us, guys. The first half is already complete. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary in Aurora. Go to my website for more information on the ministry here. It's edtaylor.org. Ed Taylor, it's E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R.org. There you can connect with me on social media. Um, I write articles, usually one or two a week, uh, raw, raw thoughts on life, grief, and ministry. Um, the blog was started when my son passed away, and I started writing on grief. I also write on ministry. I write on discouragement. Uh, I write on serving the Lord. I quote Spurgeon and all kinds of guys that speak into my life, and that's edtaylor.org. We're coming up on a break. Give me a call. Open line, 303-690-3000. We will be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm taking your calls and questions. Today, we are live on the air. I know you guys on the East Coast, Hope FM, you're listening to a, a delayed broadcast, but you can still call in live. Uh, you can still call in live, and then when you get on the air, you'll just be heard the following week. Uh, maybe one day we'll have enough people and technology uh, here to make it all work live, but right now it's a week delay, but you can still call in 303-690-3000, and the texting line, which is dedicated, 720-336-0897. That's the texting line. And we want you to we want you to call. Uh, you're the show, and uh, you can text. And we'll use the texting line uh, to fill the blanks. Um, great, we've had a couple great questions uh, through the texting line. So uh, keep going. Um, here's some feedback, Frank, on the new technology. It says, "Hey, brother Ed, I'm not sure if it's your new technology, but you sound like you're in a box." So thanks for that feedback. That's important for us. Uh, thank you very much. We are trying a new microphone, new headset thing uh, today. And if it sounds like we are in a box, then we want to get that fixed. 303-690-3000 uh, is the number. 303-690-3000. Here's a quick, before I get back to the phone lines, here's a quick question. Is it possible to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and not have the gift of tongues? Yes. Yes, it is possible to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not have the gift of tongues. It's possible to not have the gift of tongues for the entirety of, not experience the manifestation of the gift of tongues for the entirety of your Christian life and be a valuable, powerful, faithful believer in Jesus Christ. So yes, 303-690-3000 uh, is the number um, let's see here. We are going to pick up on line number. Where are we? We're back with Mercy. Uh, Mercy had a follow-up question. Uh, Mercy from Aurora, welcome back. Thank you, Pastor. Um, my second question is um, why God didn't say anything to Aaron? In what way? What, what, what reference? Oh, after they... 
they he like he helped them build the idol. Uh, let's see. When he when Mo, when Aaron made the idol, uh, Moses yep. was up on the mountain. Your question is why didn't God say anything to him? Yeah, and like I in the following chapters, I see Aaron being appointed to, you know, to the leading path uh, inside the tabernacle. So, but I didn't see God saying anything uh, against his work. Uh, while I'm looking at um, the, that episode, is Exodus chapter 32. Moses comes down, uh, verse 15, uh, and he throws the tablets down. And uh, let's see, Joshua is saying to him, it's not the noise. Then he talks about the calf and the dancing. Moses, Moses speaks to Aaron. What did this people do to you that you brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron says, do not let... The anger of my Lord become hot. You know, the people that are set on evil, for they said to me. So he's blaming the people. Moses says in verse 25 that they were unrestrained because Aaron had not restrained them. And then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and declared, whoever's on the Lord's side come to me. And all the sons of Levi, great name, gathered themselves together to him. And he said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, um, the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And then it just says at the end of verse 35, the Lord plagued the people of what they did with the calf which Aaron made. So I'm I'm not sure exactly why God did not say anything to him, except I think Aaron experienced the same, dis, um, the same discipline with the people that everyone else did. Okay. okay. That's a really good question. I mean, because we would think that every... We would think, and our thinking is, is that every single action would be met directly by God uh, in some way. And so, my, specifically, my question was because you know Aaron is appointed to do God's work later yes. on, right? Yes. Yeah. Not the other people. So that that's why I wanted, like, I I didn't see anything coming from God. Yeah, I don't see anything coming from God either. I, I think that the only uh, answer that I would give to that is that God was gracious with him. But I do okay. think, I do think though, I think it's safe to say uh, at the end of verse, um, you know, I, I think it's something to consider. The Lord played the people because of what they did with the calf, which, which Aaron made. You know, God is putting the burden of responsibility upon Aaron in verse 35. And in some way he experienced the consequences, whether the plague whether he experienced the plague specifically or he had to deal with the consequences of all the pain and suffering of the people experiencing the plague. But but you're right. I think that we we would come to God today with the expectation that every wrong that is that is taken uh, is matched by some kind of discipline from the Lord. And and we know that in our lives, that's not entirely true. Um, yes. You, you know, that God doesn't doesn't. If what does the Bible say? The Bible says, um, if all of our sins were held against us, who could stand? And yeah. and so God is gracious with us, uh, yeah. and and forgiving and loving, and I, His character is the same in the Old Testament. But that's a really good observation. I mean, those are those observations, uh, mercy, are what make for good Bible studies. Because okay. <laughs> what happens is you have to search and you have to dig and you have to really come to to terms with the question that you ask. And that's a great observation and a great question. Thank you. Okay, Mercy, thanks for calling. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, let's see here. We're going to go to line number three is Sophia. Line number three is Sophia from Thornton, Colorado. Welcome to the program, Sophia. Sophia, are you here? All right. The Sophia has dropped. She had a prayer request. I'm sorry, Sophia. Sometimes the calls do last a little bit. Uh, again, if you're listening in and you go, man, it sounds a little different. We're trying a new piece of technology uh, and it sounds like I'm in a box, but I'm not doing the show from a box. I'll let you know. Uh, but we are trying a new microphone system. We're trying a new thing and uh, we're working on it. But uh, if, if you can hear me and we can dialogue, um, we're going to stick with it for the rest of the show and then we're going to try to tweak things uh, along the way. So thanks. Uh, if you guys have any other observations, just text it. Uh, what it sounds like, uh, what you think we can do to improve it uh, on this. On this, 303-690-3000. Uh, let's see. We're going to go back to the phone lines and pick up line number one is Stephanie from Littleton. Stephanie, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm having a hard day. Um, I'm sorry. I have recently come back to the Lord, and he's been really gracious with me, but I have um, recently confessed an infidelity to my husband. Okay. I'm sorry. And so I'm just looking for some prayer and um, some verses that can encourage me and show me how to love him as much as possible. Okay, um, let me let me clarify. Did you say you confessed infidelity or he confessed in, in, infidelity? I confessed. Okay. Um, first of all, um, I'm sorry that, that you chose to take that route. Um, I know that if you were given the choice again, knowing what you know right now, you would not make the same decision. And the fact that you've come clean... Uh, the fact that you have exp- uh, you know, exposed yourself and confessed that, as painful as it is, uh, it was much more painful the way that you were living previously. And I'm glad that you have shared that. Now, uh, I've, I'm not going to assume anything, so please forgive me for the questions. I just want to make sure that the relationship and everything is over. Um, actually, it's not. Oh, it's- well... Let me come back. Um, the relationship, the adulterous relationship. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that's cut off and, and there's just no contact, no nothing. I guess that's a good question. Is It was from a while ago. Okay. And I, it's been in my heart for a long time. And I'm just trying to live how God wants me to and be truthful and honest. Good. Good. And so... And, sorry. <laughs> well, there's no... So let's just... There's no... Are you... Are you, Because in order to, to heal the marriage and in order to go forward, uh, the process and the pathway is trust. Yeah. You know, there, it's forgiveness. It's trust. It's fidelity. It is... God intervening and healing hearts. And if you haven't cut everything off with this person, or if you still have contact with this person, it is, even though you've confessed it, 
And even though it's out in the open, unless there's a complete break and a complete like um, separation and cutting that person out of your life, mm. you're never going to experience healing with your husband. Mm. And okay. you've, take, you've taken the first big step. And, and this is what it sounds like. This is what it looks like. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, in the years that I've been here for, for 17 years, um, we've, we've seen this. We've seen this um, and we've seen adultery in marriages. And, and what happens is, is that there's confession, but the person says, well, it was my coworker. And the counsel is, well, quit your job. And the answer is, oh, no, I couldn't quit my job. I, mm -hmm. I'm not going to quit my job. And we're like, no, you don't get it. You, you, will, you, you will never heal until you show your spouse, male or female, that you are serious about this sin and you're forsaking it. And, and if, if there's a necessity to demonstrate that, like leaving your job, like changing your phone number, like getting off of Facebook, like whatever, whatever ties are connected to that person, they have to be cut. Mm. And just from your, from listening to you, it sounds like that hasn't happened yet. That's correct. And it's, um, I guess because it's a close friend. <laughs> yes. And, but I think you're right. I think you're right. And, and you know, that's what makes it complicated uh, because of our close friends and because we, we, we spend in, you know, inordinate amount of time with someone that we shouldn't and it's emotional and then it's everything else and... You know, your husband's crushed. I know. He, he's crushed by hearing this, and he's shocked and surprised, even though, you know, it, what you guys have experienced, what you experienced right now is, is a death to your marriage. And, and what I mean by that is not that it's over and it can't be saved, not at all, but a lot of the emotions that a person on the side of adultery feels are, are significantly similar to grief because they've seen something lost and their trust has been broken and their, you know, this is a family show. I won't get into all the details, but I think you understand. And, and I, I just want to commend you for stopping it. I want to commend you in the Lord for confessing it. And by faith, I want to commend you uh, in the Lord by doing the right thing and cutting this person out of your life in every way possible to demonstrate to your husband that your loyalty and your fidelity and your commitment is to him during this time of rebuilding, during this time of healing, during this time of finding out how you guys and why you guys drifted so much, finding out why you were in such a vulnerable place. And, and in that vulnerability, the temptation was too strong. And, um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. And are you guys in a church family? No, um, my husband used to be a Christian, and he says he doesn't believe in God at the moment, but okay. I know he probably does on some level, and I feel like I'm trying to be more what God asked me to be and be a light for him. Yes. Um, and this is how I have to do that. Unfortunately, for my emotions, 
unfortunately for my soul. Yes, yes, and and for your marriage, do you have do you guys have kiddos? We don't. Okay. Um, and so let me give let me let me give you a, let me give you a couple things to do, and then and then we'll pray. Um, number one, pick up this book. Okay. It's called Married, and How to Stay That Way. Married and How to Stay That Way. And if you're on on our side of town in Aurora, we have them in our bookstore. Uh, and also you can get on my they're on Amazon too so if you need to get if if you need to order online you can do that and if you email me I will also send you a link because we had the author out uh, to our church uh, last year and we did a little conference with him and so he has some really good Bible studies on on marriage just in a basic way mm-hmm. uh, and and the book especially will help you understand what true intimacy is supposed to be in a marriage. Um, how to build that intimacy, even if it's just one person. So you might feel like, well, you know, Ed, I'm all alone, man. I, I, not only have I, have I crushed our marriage, but my husband, like, isn't walking with the Lord. He doesn't like God right now. And, you know, it's sad to hear that, but it's normal. He's angry, and that anger is going to be taken out on someone. And sometimes people take their anger out on God. And, you know, we we get we get mad, we get frustrated, we we ask questions like, if God is so good, then why did He allow this? And um, and you know, He He your husband has has been hurt deeply. This is the deepest hurt a man can really feel, um, uh, aside from losing a child or a loved one, and and he's going to need to heal up, just like any wound. It's going to need some time to heal and. And you may not be the one, right one right now. You know, he may be mad at you too. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the second thing that I want you to do is I, I, I want you to plug into a local church. Um, even if you just sit in the back and worship God and, and start to reorient your life around worshiping God. Um, and, of course, uh, in that church, getting connected with a, with a woman counselor would be really good. Um, she could help you. Like if you came to our church, we'd connect you with a woman. Uh, pastors don't um, counsel women in our church, especially after something like this. We put you with another woman that can walk alongside you, a godly woman. And so if you, what, what city do you live in? In Littleton, and actually I'm planning to go to a church with a friend on Saturday night. Okay, good, good. Um, and so you don't have to, you know, you, you, you can, I think you're ready though, but you don't have to feel any pressure to, um, immediately tell someone, although you're calling, you're calling today, so you're ready. Um, and, you know, let's talk a little bit about you for a second. Uh, now that, you know, from the bigger picture, let's talk about you. And in the Bible, uh, in James chapter five, James is a Bible writer. He's the half brother of Jesus. And, and he wrote a book it, and, and we, we, um, refer to as it James. And this is what he says in chapter five. He says, brethren, if any one of you, um, or if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And you are the sinner that's been turned away and turned, I should say, turned away and then turned back to the Lord. And and that's a good thing. 
Uh, it's not, you don't have to wear a scarlet letter. Uh, you don't have to beat yourself up because you beat yourself up enough. And for those that are helping you, you know, those that are listening in to the show right now and thinking, well, you know, I'm helping somebody that has just made a big mistake and is coming back. That this is, uh, this is what I shared in a Bible study before. What do we do to help people like you who have made a big mistake, have a sinful mistake, have learned from it, have to confess it and now deal with the consequences? What do we do for you? Well, number one, we pray for you. We need to pray for, for those that are coming back because you're hearing all kinds of voices, including your own. And we need to ask God to speak to you and encourage you and keep you strong. Um, another thing that we need to do is we need to watch ourselves because, you know, people are going to be around you and they might be like super judgmental about you. How could you and how would you? But the reality is, is that we need to watch ourselves. Um, we're not going to be pointing the finger at you. Because given the circumstances in our lives, we could do the same thing. Um, another thing we need to do uh, with, with people that are coming back to the Lord after a big sinful mistake is forgive you. We need to forgive. Because isn't the church is known for shooting the, our wounded. And we're not supposed to shoot our wounded. We're supposed to help them and encourage them. And I know it's hard. It's hard enough. You don't need a bunch of believers coming down on you. It's hard enough. You know what you did was wrong and you've confessed it to the Lord and you've confessed it to your husband and then probably, like I'm going to advise you tonight, as soon as you hang up, do what you need to do. Have a friend, call that guy and say no more. Go down to your cell phone company and pay the 20 bucks to change your number. Do whatever you need to do to give no opportunity for this person to contact you anymore and then tell your husband you did it. It'd be very powerful. And, and even sec any second guesses you have right now, any, um, any hesitancies you have right now, they are an indication that you're still holding on. And isn't that shocking that after you confessed and that after you want to make it work and how much you expressed your love to your husband, that there's still parts of you that don't want to let go. Yeah, I think it's all based around fear, you know? Absolutely. Um, there's a few other dynamics, but you're right. It's, yeah, yeah. It And fear is um, causes us to do some really unwise things. I know. Okay. I do know this. <laughs> and well, let me pray. I appreciate everything. Yeah, if you could pray for me. Let's pray. Because Let's I do, do need the strength and so appreciate it. Thank you. God, I pray for my sister, Stephanie, and I'm thankful that you have brought her back to you and uh, that she has been brave. Um, some of these steps she's been taking, God, have not been out of fear. She's told her husband. She's called for help on a radio program. She's told her friend, going to go to church with her friend. Uh, God, you have her on a pathway of healing and forsaking, and you have her on a pathway of restoration and and even this phone call has revealed a few things to her that she's not quite there yet. And if, if she holds on to it, Lord, it's going to get worse. So I pray specifically that you would empower her to overcome her fears and to walk by faith in order to make these difficult decisions that, God, you would um, establish her and, and protect her from 
condemnation, protect her from beating herself up, protect her, God, from more temptation in this weakened state, um, and encourage her, God, encourage her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. You. Stay in touch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. I know specifically, I just feel like this is a word from the Lord that someone's listening in and this sister's story is your story, like almost exactly. And the Lord is speaking to you to take the same counsel. God is speaking to you to take the same counsel. All right, we've got time for at least another call. Uh, we're going to move on to line number two is Adam calling from Denver, Colorado. Adam, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Um, I know I, got, I, can, I can make this quick because uh, time constraints, but um, and in a very uh, roundabout way, you you work through some people who who saved me and um, tomorrow I might be um, facing some pretty serious consequences for my past sins. Um, I might be looking at going to prison and I I've never even come close to having to deal with something like this. Uh, I'm just scared. Yeah. I'm really scared. And I just felt compelled to call in because you've been... We don't know each other personally, but, I mean, you're on my... Uh, you're on my radio. You're on my heart a lot, and um, I just, I just ask for you to give me the strength to be able to accept the consequences of whatever they are going to be, and that I can use it in whatever way. Whether it's just probation or actually going to prison, that I can shine my light and bring others who are so damaged as I've been over the last several decades. Well, let me pray for to you, bro. To him. Let's pray. Okay. Father, you hear the desperation of my brother's voice. Um, just having to face consequences from some decisions he's made. And I know it's I know it's okay, God, to ask for mercy. And I pray for mercy from this judge uh, that he faces. Uh, I pray for, and I ask that, that my brother would um, be honest and forthright with the judge, um, being remorseful and repentant of his decisions that, that Adam has made, but also that that would be received by the judge and there would be mercy that Adam, as he forsakes these sinful ways that have gotten him in trouble with the law, God, that when he stands before, because I know judges are merciful all the time, God, and and we're not asking for judgment. We're asking for mercy. 
you're a merciful God. And, and many times a judge uh, in, in assessing a case assesses the character of a person and the situation and, and is merciful. And so I, even if the judge isn't even known for mercy, uh, even if people go, oh, you don't know about that judge. He always does this. God, your word says that the, the heart of kings and leaders is like the rivers of water. You could turn them in any direction you want. And I just pray you go before my brother and encourage him as he faces this consequence and that you would enable him supernaturally to endure whatever it is that he must face. And that, Lord, whenever it ends, whatever that might be, that Adam would come back stronger, serving you with all of his heart, soul, and mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, bro. Let, let us know how it goes if you can, okay? I will if I can. All right, man. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for joining us this afternoon. It's hard to believe, but the show is over. Thanks for being patient with us. We've got feedback like that the, the new technology kind of sounds like in a box and kind of sounds like it's not. So we're working on some options, uh, but it looks like this is going to be a good uh, piece of technology that we're going to use in various capacities uh, over time. So very excited about it. Uh, but be patient with us. Pray for us as we look for some, uh, some, some things to make it sound better on this particular piece of software. God bless you guys. Have a great night in the Lord. May the Lord be your strength and your shield that you would go uh, to bed tonight with the knowledge of the love of God in your heart, that, that you would know how much he loves you and cares for you, how much he is uh, for you, not against you. Thanks for allowing me into your life. Be blessed, guys. Have a good evening in Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.